back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Well, you know them and love them for their Southern rock sound and have jammed along to their hits like Heard It in a Love Song at their concerts, your cousin's wedding, or on the radio. Their influence on the American country rock and blues scene is unmistakable. The Marshall Tucker Band has seven gold and three platinum albums in their over 41 years in the biz. Doug Gray, lead singer, joins us now to tell you all about their latest album called Live from Spartanburg, South Carolina, the South Carolina Music Hall of Fame concert. And he'll chat all things Tuckerhead. Today we've got Doug Gray from the Marshall Tucker Band. Hear the latest news from the Southern Rockland. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, that was pretty cool, man. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Well, thank <laughs> you. Oh, nice. Thank you. Well, after 41 years in the business and you guys do over 150 shows a year, you've got the latest album out, which is the live album. So let's start off talking about that. Tell us about that album. Well, it was not really supposed to come out. Okay. <laughs> it was one of those situations to where uh, we got inducted, and they said, okay, we'd like to honor you, and we'd like to do this. And so, that's your hometown, right? In Spartanburg, right. Okay. And uh, there's a place called Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium. It hosts about 4,500 people. And okay. so we decided that we'd put on a show, and we'd include – and invite all the different musicians for the first five or ten years of our career. Okay. And so Charlie Daniels showed up, Mm -hmm. uh, Butch Trucks and J-Mo from the Allman Brothers Band, who Mm -hmm. we toured with for four years, and then the guys from the Outlaws, Huey Thompson and Chris Hicks from the Outlaws, and Jimmy Hall and Wet Willie Band, and then some of the original guys. So it was was pretty neat. Kind of a reunion, really. Well, it was a reunion that afternoon, and that night it was just like old times Mm -hmm. when we recorded in front of people Uh because I've never seen anybody walk out and try to sound bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Gosh, I'm really going to sound bad tonight. I'm all up for this. You know, uh-huh. you know, we were always really into recording, and uh-huh. we've got like 300 things in the ball right now from wow. different specialty concerts around the world. Uh-huh. So we hooked it up. Uh, had a big truck there. I actually never went back and listened to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. a couple of years ago, someone walked up to me in the grocery store. And they said, man, did you ever put that out? That was a great concert. And I said, you know what, I'm going to look into it. So I pulled, I had them pull it out of the studio, and I went over there and listened to it, and I said, well, there's nothing wrong. And all this stuff's got some pretty emotional play, you know. I think think it was necessary to uh, put it all together, and I called uh, the record company, and they said, you know what, this will really work good. And they, I think they spent more time on the album cover than they did <laughs> to put the record out. But the, it worked out good. The records come out, and you can get it just about anywhere, Sony.com, uh, uh, who distributes our stuff, Shout Factory, and, and all of these other guys and at Ramblin' Records. And it actually was put into motion from a grocery store moment. Yeah. I think well, a lot of important things happen at the grocery store. Well, yeah, especially you get food, too. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go to the grocery store just like everybody else. We're just, you know, when I come back to Spartanburg, South Carolina, there's nothing more important than whether we fly in or whatever we do. And when you get back to Spartanburg and you touch your foot back on the ground and you've been in this business for quite a long time and you've played and opened shows and, and had shows with different people, and people put your songs, and they've been played over seven million times on the radio, some of them. 
and and you just you know you got to touch base with reality. Uh-huh. I step off of that bus. I'm back in reality. I go to the uh-huh. grocery store, take the animals to the get shaved or whatever <laughs> right? they need. You know, uh-huh. go shaving a trim. And <laughs> y'all know that as well as anything. I will tell you that we've been very, very lucky to be able to to keep people, you know, around us. Musicians that wanted to play. Uh-huh. They kind of come in their guitars in their car or whatever, uh, and or they they bring somebody with them to you know to, to do that. And we always invite people to come up. That's great. Mm-hmm. Kind of a family atmosphere, really, with the musicians around you. Yeah, it, and it's always been that way. It, mm-hmm. it started with Charlie, and, and you know he was on the very first three records, and then we still do it today with the young kids out here. And let's go back to the very beginning. And I love this story, how you got your name. And you've probably told this story a thousand times, but it's a great story. But it is a great story. And uh, Marshall Tucker is over 90 years old. He was a blind piano tuner, and he lives in Columbia, South Carolina. He recently retired from being the vocal coach in charge of the chorus at the church for over 40 years. And and we didn't honestly name it after him. We named it after a, a tag on a key that he had he had used the warehouse before us, and he had left that warehouse, and then they still left it on there, said Marshall Tucker Warehouse. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, let's just call it Marshall Tucker for the weekend. And at that point, and you didn't know it was a real person. We had no idea, okay. not until five years later. And somebody said, well, Marshall Tucker, you know, likes the fact that y'all did that. And then he, then we started diverting all the PM magazines, AM magazines, and all that <laughs> stuff to him because, you know, we were out traveling over 300 dates a year, and, uh-huh. and we still do over 140. So uh-huh. when they brought him to town, he and his wife, they're both blind and, and, and very well versed on everything. And uh, we sit down, and he said, after the lights and the cameras was off and everything, he whispered to me, he says, are all the microphones off? I said, yes, sir. And he went, I'm glad y'all didn't ruin my name. Oh. <laughs> and I went, oh, I, I said, as far as you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that are, are what makes us go. It, it still makes me go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just turned 65 years old, and okay. nothing is more important to me than, than being on the road and playing a live show. Born to do it. That's uh, great. How many original members are still with the group touring It's just now? me. Three of them have long since gone, and um, the other two are not playing music anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they kind of gave it up after eight years, and uh, so it's just been me for the last 30 years. Okay. Now, Tommy Caldwell was killed in a car accident in 1980. He was, and then Toy, for two years, Toy said, well, I just want to stop for a while. Mm -hmm. He did. You know, and then after this record that we're we're promoting right now, George McCorkle is there, who the guy that wrote Fire on the Mountain, and he actually passed away about three years ago. Okay. I, I haven't seen the other two guys in years and years, and, and I know that they're pleasantly happy somewhere. Now, you came up in the business in the 70s, and that's when bands toured all the time. They built their fan bases organically and kind of earned their rock star status. Then there was the era of huge record companies spending all the buku bucks to make rock stars without kind of the organic building. Then that kind of went away. And now it's, you know, Pro Tools Studios in the hands of every musician and band and access to fans with social media. So just looking back at the changes in the industry, how do you think a band breaks through today? Oh, gosh, it's it's tough. you got to be 
really, really good and you have to be special. Every listen, you've done it, I've done it, you girls have done it and and if we do we do the things we do, you're lucky to get a break ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And I tell this to all my friends that are musicians, and I have tons of them, and they ask me, what's the one thing? And I say, don't expect anything. Just be happy if it happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess that the media today, I had to, you know, personally, I have Facebook pages, right, and myself, but mm-hmm. Marshall Tucker, I, I answer my own Facebook pages. I have two or three of them now. Instead of having one as a group, I just let them build up and then jump over to another one. But... You know, I have those, and I respond to all their questions. But on the Marshall Tucker one, there's over 120,000. I can't possibly do that. So we have a, we have some people that do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I usually get the ones, if they're serious, and then I always get back with They send them to me, uh-huh. email okay. them to me. But those kind of things are what I think that most people are lacking, and I think that is something that's going to make or break a band. You know, especially with a group like Zach Brown. Mm-hmm. Zach Brown is is so substantial. My nephew plays in that band, by the okay. way. But that's little Clay, I call him. And uh-huh. It runs in guy. the family, I guess. Yeah, it does. Uh-huh. And uh, he's got it going. He left us to go be with him. He said, "Man, I just want to be on the road with a band that you know, friends that I know and stuff like that." I said, "Cool, go." And Zach Brown does uh, Can't You See every night in his show. Okay. That's pretty cool. Kid Rock does it, too. So, uh-huh. you know, nice. we we actually, we're getting ready to open for Kid Rock, and we just recently went to uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, to, and opened for Zach Brown. Okay. And uh, those 40,000 people make a lot of noise, okay? Uh-huh. And it was it was fun. We got out there, and Zach actually, because he didn't, want to play it after us he came out and the entire band came out and sang can't you see with us uh, at the end of our show that's fun fun so you know those are the things and i think zach brown will be around for a long 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 time because okay. he is he is a real man real mm-hmm. personality hmm. do you think that bands today can have the kind of longevity that you guys had well if, you, if you're true to your to your sport if you're mm-hmm. true to your uh you know your thing i think you can stay around but also, it's a it's a touch of good luck, mm-hmm. right? It always is. Mm-hmm. And timing, it, yeah. It, it's it's everything. It's not how much you spend anymore. It used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does matter a little bit, but it, it it's not it's not important. Hey, listen, the crowd's going to come see you as long as they're coming to see you. Then you you generate for them, mm-hmm. and you generate the the energy. You go out there and have a good time. And you let them know that you're not just doing this to take their money. You let them know that you're doing it because you love them. Mm-hmm. Right. You really feel that towards your fan base, don't you? That oh, yeah. You really care about your fans. Well, I, I get a chance to right here at this house. I, I, I let my cats out, right? The, the, I have two Himalayan Persians. Mm. And so I let them, well, they have to be shaved because I'm allergic to cats. But. <laughs> okay, that's where the shaving the pets comes in. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was, exactly. Not not choking them to death and dragging them out of the car. But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, no, that's, that's why I have to do it. But, uh, uh, you know, I walk through a room in there and... Um, to get to hear where I like to do the interviews overlooking the yard. I look look at all those gold and platinum records and all those rewards and awards that we've got, and I didn't put them up, but my kids did. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they like to do that. It's as important to them, but they don't disrespect. They know if I go do a show... Of course, my daughter goes with us on all the cruises and, yeah. and stuff. So I guess she, that's she, perks, she, right? 
yeah, she she's got that stuff. And my oldest one, she got to go, uh, you know, not too long ago. They're going to this one that we're doing to go to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Marshall Tucker Band's doing a private uh, type of event down in Jamaica for about 400 guests. And uh, uh-huh. uh, that's going to be really something. It's called Marshall Tucker Band Jamming in Jamaica. And, um, you know, I like the beach. I'm a, I'm a beach person. Okay. But but you walk through that room and and you see all those records and you know how can you possibly say with all those millions of people that oh I'm just going to hang it up because I'm comfortable right mm-hmm. you know you can't do that it's right. not possible for me right. people are you know they love it and they're expecting more and they want more so I can see that you don't want to let them down you know I feel like each each time that we play the show and there's no matter how many many of the people that's there you look at them. And they're creating a memory for themselves. Right. Okay. Around your music. uh, Really. And it's certainly around me, but it's around the music. And they they come back. You know, some of them grow up and let their kids get grown. And then they come back out again and say, man, I ain't seen you guys in 10 years. Uh And the kids are grown now, so I can go out on my own and the kids take care of themselves. And some of them are bringing the old album covers back that they had stored in the attic so they wouldn't get scratched up. That's what keeps me motivated, and that's why we keep selling records and downloads now and, and everything that changes with our life. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your fan base, I mean, you were able to incorporate and kind of diversify on the Southern rock sound and incorporate a lot of different genres, and your fans got it. But I think that was a luxury that a lot of bands don't get. You of all people would know, you would, you would understand that once you get categorized, you, you know, you can't go to these other places. Right. And with us, just so happens that we had a jazz influence. One minute we'd be opening for uh, the Jazz Crusaders and, and uh, Spira Gyra and jazz, all these jazz musicians and uh, around Quincy Jones and people like that. And then we would go and, and play, you know, with Almond Brothers or mm-hmm. whatever, Cinderella, mm-hmm. you know, would be opening for Cinderella and, uh-huh. and groups like that. Uh-huh. So... You know, we didn't have a place like that. And Skinner was Southern rock and roll, so they got categorized into the rock thing. We had albums that, that joined in jazz charts, mm-hmm. and then we had one on the rock charts. And back then, they used to have the black charts, and mm-hmm. it charted on that as well. So you were diversified from the beginning, really? Oh, yeah. We started mm-hmm. out that way. Because okay. I'm basically, whether you know it or not, is a rhythm and blues singer. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I kind of grew up doing that 10 years before I went to Vietnam and, and then came back and taught. I mean, I taught country, you know, yeah, but right. uh, that's just where I grew up and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, well, I would always go to the jazz festivals and stuff like that. So having the ability to sing all the different styles of music is not a put-on. It's just uh, having uh, an ability to pull it out of your heart. So in other words, if it's true, it will work. Yeah. Yeah. It will. Mm-hmm. Now, before we let you go today, we have to ask you our question of the day, how you recover from mistakes in your life. Well, my biggest mistake was drugs. Okay. okay, and um, you know it was—it's known. It's not a secret. In 1980, uh, August 16th, 1989, I quit doing cocaine completely, and uh, I, I did it on my own. I just—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm fortunate that way. Wow! And so I just woke up and said, "Well, it's, it's either this or whatever," and so I decided that I'd just quit doing everything, and I did. Mm-hmm. And ten years later, I went and, and uh, started drinking a beer here and there, and that was about it. 
and uh, that's continuing on today. <laughs> but, okay. uh, uh, you know, I just did it, and I regretted it. How did I come back from it? Um, by looking around every day and seeing something new and fresh that, that was presented upon me, and um, I didn't, I was letting it all pass by too quick by doing the drugs. So do you think you were more in a state of gratitude? I don't even know if it's called gratitude. I think my eyes were open to be able to see the finer things that were going on around me that okay. God put on this earth. That you weren't able to see during the drug use? No. Gotcha. Okay. I was just letting it all go by really, really yeah. fast. And, uh, you know, you take a lot of times, and then you don't take the time to thank people. And, um, you know, me, as you can tell probably today, because it's our first time speaking, and, and uh, I really appreciate everything that I've been given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that definitely comes most, across. I, I don't know if you can start out saying that. You know, a lot of people say it, but I, I lived it. And right. by, by being here now, I think that uh, I, I've overcome a lot of the, you know, I don't know if it was a demon or not. I think it was the, the times and everything else is the reason it got to where it did. And mm-hmm. it's, it's gone now. Yeah, it's, it's been a journey for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day is not one of those things that I wake up and say, I'm going to not do this today or I'm not going to do that. I just wake up saying, you know, I'm just glad I'm still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Doug, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Your honesty, and it's been so interesting to hear about the Marshall Tucker Band and everything. Well, listen, thank you very much. We hope to talk to you soon. Okay, anytime. Yeah, and if you pass through this area, you'll have to come in live in person. Uh, yeah. Well, anytime you want to talk, you let me know. Okay, okay. okay. sounds great, Doug. Thanks, right. Doug. Bye-bye. 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 And we're going to take it a break with Can't You See by the Marshall Tucker Band live from Spartanburg, South Carolina, off of their new CD. This is the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be right back with our Renza Regional Artist Spotlight, Bells and Whistles. Can't you see? 